Hey everyone, you're listening to InfoQuench with Jeff and Amy, a podcast with tips to make your life easier, covering pop culture, parenting, travel, minimalism, and more. Oh, Canada. Yes, Canada is going to be 152 years old this year. Yes, July 1st is Canada Day. And so to celebrate Canada Day, we thought, well, what's a better way to celebrate Canada Day in an InfoQuench podcast is to bring to you guys all the amazing inventions. I know it's, it's riveting stuff, but it is very, there's some very interesting information behind it all. Uh, yeah, interesting, mostly Canadian, but some Atlantic Canadian uh, inventions. Yeah, so, and some right here in St. John. And, okay, yes. And there's one in St. John that is pretty much used in every single household. I'll give you like two seconds to figure that out. Okay, so now I'll tell you. Um, it's the Vortex Toilet, believe it or not, was invented in, I will get it. It was invented, oh, we got to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> So now you appreciate how hard okay, my job no, is with Okay, no, we're going to continue. This is the way we're going to do it. <laughs> Jeff, in Jeff, 1907. Jeff was trying to get the information up on the screen <laughs> so he could read it. And normally he relies on me for the notes, but I love this because he's like trying to click and in point his face At the mic. In 1907, Thomas yes. McCavity Stewart of St. John, New Brunswick, <laughs> patented his idea for a vortex flushing toilet, making that whole business a little uh, less crappy. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty amazing. That's probably St. John's. I find that so hilarious in a way that that is our claim to fame for inventions. That's got to be the most popular or well-known invention. Well, definitely the most well-used, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, we do have some other St. John you know, another St. John invention that's really popular that I'll, I'll mention a little later on in the episode. But there, there are so many great inventions that Canadians have come up with over the years that we have we have so much to be proud of. So this episode is really about celebrating yeah. Canada and our wonderful innovative people. I have to admit that I was quite surprised by some of these inventions. I don't even know which ones you have written down just from, you know, just looking right now. Well, let's start with this the first one I had on my list was peanut butter. What? Peanut I butter? I freaking love peanut butter. Peanut really? butter, well, it's awesome, right? It's just a great source of protein. No, I mean, really, I, it was invented here. I knew you loved peanut butter. Oh, honey. okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really? You love peanut butter? I know I you do. I do. I do love peanut butter. Yeah. No, it was a Montreal pharmacist. Uh, Marcellus Gilmore Edson patented in, in sorry, 1884. That's how long it's been around. Wow. Um, and it was brought about because he needed a food option that uh, would give people protein, a source of protein uh, for people who weren't able to chew. Oh. So peanut butter was, a, you know, a great, and we I know a lot of people use it uh, to, even today as a, a main source of protein, particularly if you're a vegetarian. I know that if you're, uh, you know, if you've got children in school, it's and we have nut-free schools nowadays, so it's not an option for that. But if you, uh, you know, I, I just love, there's nothing like peanut butter on toast. No, the I know. The smell of peanut butter on toast. It is fantastic. And, and I mean, I, I'm, I'm so surprised that it was created here. And, and proud, you know, yeah. that's kind of cool. Our son Hux loves peanut butter and he knows, it's it was funny, Jeff went to make it for him one morning and it was a school day and he was like, no, I can't, 
I can't have that peanut butter because he refused he, to he, eat well, it. Well, he knew that he was going to school and they have a nut free school and he had some of his classmates that are allergic to peanuts. So he uh, didn't want to risk having any kind of peanuts on him. So, um, I know, we, and I'm like, can... I'll wash your, I'll wash your face. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but no, he's really conscientious, and he. No, uh, that's that's really cool. So it's actually. sort of a special treat we reserve for on the weekends. But uh, yeah, so peanut butter right here from Canada and Vortex toilets and Vort. So when just you just don't combine the two. <laughs> when you get to dispose of the peanut butter, yeah, you can do it Vortex style. This thing is. This podcast is going downhill, baby. <laughs> down, down the, the pipes. Dr- down the drain. <laughs> Hockey sticks. The yeah. earliest version of the commercial hockey stick was made by Micmac Carvers uh, in Nova Scotia. Wow. that's And that was in the early 1800s, uh, early to mid-1800s, and it was made out of hornbeam wood. I don't know what hornbeam wood no, is. No, me neither. But apparently, it's great of... wood for making hockey sticks. I've never heard of the hornbeam tree. <laughs> don't cut down all the hornbeam trees. So, I the hockey stick thing wasn't really that surprising because i mean we love our hockey we do love our hockey you don't love our hockey but people do love our hockey yeah me personally you, you don't watch hockey as no, well. where I, I was don't. going with that i don't i'm not a big sports watcher no uh let's go a little bit less sports more into medical yeah i'm gonna get a, a little bit more detail on this but i thought that this was really something to be proud of the pacemaker is a canadian invention so wow. this first subcutaneous, <clears throat> so like below the skin, pacemaker was built in, uh, sorry, 1949 by a Canadian engineer, John Hops. And, uh, and he also worked with two Toronto-based cardiac surgeons, Bigelow and Callahan. Huh, wow. So according to the National Research Council of Canada, Dr. Bigelow thought that the only cardiovascular medicine, um, the only way that cardiovascular medicine could advance was by enabling open heart surgery. So that's when they decided to work on the pacemaker. He believed the body needed to be cold um, in order to slow down the heart. And through the research and experiments, they noticed that an electrical pulse could restart the heart when they were doing this. So then they decided to tap into the genius of an electric engine, sorry, an electrical engineer, named Hops, and uh, Hops helped them build a clinical device. Wow. So, sort of, you know, yada, 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 down the road, Seinfeld style. <laughs> yada, <laughs> skip yada, over yada. some of the... But they, they came up with the first implantable pacemaker in 1958. And it was used on a Swedish man who, thanks to the device, he lived to 86 oh, years wow. of age. And where in Canada in particular was that created, or is it say... Well, the cardiac have... surgeons were based out of Toronto. Oh, Toronto, right? Okay, but you it was a, sort of a you know there was there were several people involved with it, and so this the Swedish guy who had the first pacemaker it actually needed to the device had to be uh, frequently recharged. I have no idea how they did that. <laughs> how did they but do I that? Just, they just plug them in like a I just USB. Just picture us searching around for our iPad chargers wow. or iPhone chargers. You could be like, oh, honey, where'd you put my pacemaker charger? And I he can has imagine to, like, sit were... by the plug. They were pretty primitive in, you know, in the early days. Now they're just kind of little devices, but I can imagine it was like the equivalent of probably like, you know, a home computer in your, in your body. Well, yeah. Can you imagine <laughs> having to, like the stress of that. You know, I get stressed out when my phone is down to 5%. I can't imagine if my face, pace, face maker, my pacemaker was down to 5%. I'd be like, honey, where's that damn charger? <laughs> this is important stuff. Your face maker is doing just great, honey. Thanks, honey. 
You're face welcome. maker, the new photo editing Stop software. Stop making faces at me. Um, walkie face talkies. Maker. Yes, walkie talkies. They were also invented. Became in pivotal during war. So Don Hing, security guards. He invented what he called. He called it a pack set in 1937. So when Canada declared war on Germany. Uh, two years later, he went to Ottawa and he redeveloped this whole pack set to the device uh, that is now known as a walkie-talkie and used for military use. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah. And where where was that guy from again? Uh, Canada. They didn't. Canada? Yeah. yeah. Well, didn't, he didn't specify. But then he he went to Ottawa to develop the so Ontario to do probably. the developments okay. to make the device the pack set into a walkie-talkie that was used. Well, based on the years, I said two years later in Germany, that would have been for the Second World War. Oh, well, you know, there you go. There's You learn something new every day, people. You do on InfoQuench anyway. <laughs> Paint rollers. Really? Yeah. Sims? Sims Brush Factory would have been? Did they do rollers too or just Well, they brushes? did everything that involved... Painting, I do believe. Well, the original paint roller was invented in 1940 in Toronto by Norman Brecky. Oh, yeah. Brecky, Breaky. Brecky. You say Brecky, I, I say Brecky. Um, but he died before he was able to patent it and profit <laughs> from it. That happens so often with paint rollers. Patent pending. And you don't <laughs> want that to run out before so the you patent, run out. <laughs> the patent ended up being held by an American, Richard Croxton Adams. An American swept in and got the patent. But, of course. But for the record, the paint roller was invented originally by a Canadian. Uh, huh. From so, Ontario, too, probably. They're a bugger to wash, paint rollers. Yeah. Yeah. I remember doing like some painting when I was a kid, and, and we would just like, roll it up into saran wrap and just save it for the next day rather than wash it <laughs> start it over in the the paint can the next day yeah there's we certain like, little tools that you can get that like wrap right around and just you just squee- squeegee it out and oh then yeah you just, oh you did you that for it. a while didn't you yeah. you uh, i painted houses yeah. in uh, british columbia for a while <laughs> yeah was that before or after the navy that was much after the the Navy, but before yeah. Korea. Before Korea, Jeff has a very interesting uh, interesting timeline. I like to keep things fresh, you know. <laughs> if I piece together episodes of this <laughs> podcast down the road, I might have an actual <laughs> understanding of what the timeline of his life <laughs> entail because I have no idea. You know, it's just I don't. You know me. I'm not very good with dates. I, I know what I did. I just can't tell you when well, every I did once it. in a while you just throw in, you know, like I was in the traveling theater. That time I was in the commercial. That yeah. time I worked a forklift. I'm like, I'm just hoping that, you know, it's not that time you were in jail and I'm happy. You know happy. what, though? You, you have those things that you've done in your life, too, that you probably just haven't shared with me. Yeah, they're just not quite as exciting. Yeah, well, believe me, riding a forklift is not very exciting <laughs> or front-end loader or anything like that. Although I still could do that these days. Odometers. Odometers. They were wow. invented in Canada in 1854. So they must have been installed in the first cars ever made. Well, it was actually... Amongst them. It was long before cars. So oh. a Nova Scotia inventor. So we're here in New Brunswick, so not far from us. The next province over, Nova Scotia. An inventor named Samuel McKean created a device that measured distance with every revolution of a carriage wheel. Ah. Uh, so... But though, to be fair, everyone um, from, I guess, 
a gentleman named Vitruvius to Ben Franklin were also working oh, on Vitruvius. it. But uh, I guess Samuel McKean was sort of the, the first out of the gate with getting an actual odometer working. So it was used on a carriage wheel. And then later on, obviously, we use them on our vehicles. It must have been exciting back then coming up with these things for the very, very first time. Well, yeah, like there were, I mean, it was Ben Franklin and Thomas Edison, like their lives were just spent around inventing. No, I know there was no like prehistoric shark tank for them to go on. No, can you imagine? Get, you know? What a great Saturday Night Live skit that would, it would be. It would be good, yeah. So we got this thing, it's called a wheel. And uh, yeah, for that reason, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't roll with me. For that reason, I'm out. Do you get the patent on that thing? Nope. You're done. I don't know why I gave them a New York accent. I got this thing. It's called a wheel, you know? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I can just see it. I can see, like, you know, they're up there with, like, the light the light bulb or the yeah. telephone. And, like, everyone's going to be talking on it. And, yeah. Yeah. And just fighting over <laughs> who's going to be in on the deal. Garbage bags. Garbage bags were invented in Winnipeg. Great. Something that doesn't biodegrade ruins our planet. Thanks <laughs> oh, a lot, Winnipeg. Well, they serve their purpose until no, I know. We use them. something better Everybody came uses along. them, but we shouldn't. What are we going to do, though? Are we just going to put out our garbage with no bag? Two guys named Harry and Larry in Winnipeg. Really? Yeah. Harry and Larry. Harry Wazalik and Han- Larry Hansen. It would have been better if they were brothers. <laughs> Harry and Larry. No, they weren't brothers. Well, they might have been brothers from other mothers. I wonder if Larry was Harry. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but... Maybe Harry uh, was Larry. Perhaps. Anyway. So, yeah, in Winnipeg, 1950, the green polyethylene garbage bag was invented, and it was bought by Union Carbide, who then sold the bags under the name of Glad. Mm-hmm, and then poisoned a lot of people. What? Union Carbide. Look it up. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Podcast just turned to... <laughs> took a little dark turn. Well, you know what? I thought well, it was I'm not a fan glad, of garbage it would bags. Be a big smile. And I don't know, you know, if you're outside of Canada, they're proposing to do away with all plastic here in our country in what 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 year? I can't remember. Like two or three years from now, which is great, I think. Single-use plastics. Yes. Anyway, that's not what I we're know. talking about. No, but you know, that's important though. I think we are definitely uh that's an exciting thing. We're moving along. We're finally realizing that we're Yeah horrible people that are destroying the environment that's and right trying to make some changes hopefully not too little too late so there were harry and larry but around the same time there's an honorable mention of a third canadian in toronto frank plomp oh yeah mr plomp yeah and he doesn't just get a mention because of that amazing last name right but he did invent a similar product i wonder if he was so plump. he's often credited as a co-inventor i wonder if he was plump because he could be <laughs> the plump plomp Plump plomp. <laughs> Sorry. Instant- I am really, really, really butchering jokes this time. Instant replay was invented in Canada. Can you guess which show that would have been for? Uh, what is instant replay super important? Well, the Olympics. Well, okay, close. So it's for sports. But it was a CBC television producer. Hockey? No. Um, he used a, a kinescope. And he created the first ever instant replay in 1955 during a broadcast of Hockey Night in Hockey Canada. Hockey Night in Canada, right? And they still go to the tape. They still they still call it "go to the tape," but they don't use tape anymore. Do they still say that? Oh yeah, it's interesting how we tape. don't give up. Like you know those sayings, right? Yeah. They're gonna check the tape. Yeah. 
It's I yeah, and I mean instant replay has been used so much. Well, and you, you mentioned the Olympics because they're always you know looking to compare uh, photo footage when they're trying to figure out world records in particular. And well, the photo finish, right? Yeah. When it's just you, you don't really know in, in horse racing. What did I say? Too. Photo records. Photo records. I don't know what you said. Yeah. I knew it was wrong. I knew. So I had to correct correct you. Well, thank you, thank you for saving me on that one. No problem, baby. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> road lines. <laughs> that and the odd joke. Road lines, really? Yeah, the first road lines in the entire world were painted on a stretch of highway between Ontario and Quebec in 1930. They were invented by the Ontario Department of uh, Transport by an engineer named John Miller. What did they do before that? They just drove anywhere? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, in the country, we don't have, uh, I say we, I grew up in, I, we live in St. John, New Brunswick, but I grew up a little bit more out into the country in, in, uh, in Hampton. 20 minutes away. Yeah. We didn't. The outskirts. But out where we don't have lines on the roads and traffic lights. And You do uh, now, though. You just have ditches to stop you from going off. No, no. There are lines on the roads now, honey. No, not well. No, not always. Oh. No, there's a lot of secondary. Oh, roads you mean that don't like the lines. you mean like the back roads were? Yeah. Well, there's a ton were, of back roads that don't have lines on. No, them. I agree with that. I thought you meant like you know. We just know roughly where folk. to drive. Yeah. <laughs> roughly. That makes sense. <laughs> and uh, I know that. Uh, then they got really complicated, eh? Like they were all they were like, let's just put dots on them and like lines and that broken lines and you know turning things well, they have meaning. people what yeah oh i know they all have meaning and they you know but i'm just saying <laughs> they went from like one line to like all kinds of lines it's like graffiti artists robertson screw oh uh, yeah really right. that's his last name screw <laughs> no <laughs> weird the screw the screw that the screwdriver, is screwdriver you mean well but it was a screw first and then obviously he came up with the screwdriver to drive the screw well i hope so otherwise there would be a bunch of screws not screwed in you need a robertson <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> it's right? like the chicken and the egg people it would have a- all kinds of screws with nothing to do with them Butter knives and shit. Like nothing. Oh, yeah. oh that was close, honey. Yeah. I said it. I Butter said I said the shivs. other word. Shivs I said the like other they use in prison. So what? iTunes, take me to jail. <laughs> so in 1908, I always have to what say the old. was that, honey? I, It was the old year accent. The old year. <laughs> when in I say those old years. No, why? <laughs> it's like the queen. You sound like the queen. Do it again. Come on. In in in, not, in, not, in <laughs> 1908. Oh, God. I love your accents. Do the uh, Australian accent. Was, and then we'll move on. I think on. that was it. No, we'll just move on and say... Uh, I don't know put, how to say Australian accent. Throw another shrimp on the Barbie. That's, that's the only yeah, line go, I know in Australia. Try to do it as an Australian. In 1908, after we threw another shrimp on the Barbie... I love it. There was All a right, tool continue. salesman. Mm. A, who? His na- a tool? A okay. tool... Okay, a tool salesman. A tool salesman. Gotcha. It's going downhill fast. His name was Peter Robertson. He was from Milford, Ontario, and he cut his hand. I know, devastating. He he cut his hand because he was trying to use a typical slot-headed screw and screwdriver, which obviously, you know, that little slit, it just slid right out, cut his hand. And the injury led him to invent a new type of screw, one with a square-shaped head, which is the Robertson so, screw. So Robertson was responsible for that. So who did the flathead? Was that Joey Flathead? 
Was it? <laughs> did he? Did he <laughs> <laughs> Did he have a flat head? The guy head? with the cut up hands and the, the flat head? Yeah, the cut up hands. <laughs> These are the screwdriver people of Canada, everybody. So it's interesting. So when you think about it, though, I, I, I well, I had never really thought about it much, but I, you know, there are obviously all these different what? types of screws you're not, you're not thinking about screws and screwdrivers all day <laughs> i don't know but because the robertson because it has that square opening the screwdriver doesn't slip out right so the square shaped socket on the screw's head makes it much harder it for sense. it to slip out and uh so it makes it easier just to fasten things and people in the construction industry were thrilled with the new robertson screw and probably even more thrilled when they came up with the robertson screwdriver <laughs> i know because they can use them in tandem <laughs> it's amazing so it's amazing yeah. stuff out of ontario what's the next invention super proud honey? of that egg cartons egg cartons were created here yeah newspaper editor joseph coyle of smithers british columbia found an excellent new use for paper in 19 i'm gonna pretend you didn't say that <laughs> and yeah he came up with egg cartons but they went from something that was made out of recycled paper, you know, the traditional egg cartons to like these styrofoam crap things now. I know. And now, and now we have to get rid of styrofoam and go back to... It can't be recycled. I know. It can't be, you know, it doesn't biodegrade. I sound like a crazy environmentalist. I'm not, but I am at the same time. You know, I try. Okay? I try. You all should try it. Everyone listening, you know, do your recycling. Yes. Yeah. Yes, for goodness sakes, do your recycling. That is that is uh, tangent number 57. The wheelchair accessible bus was also invented. So Walter Harris Callow was a blind quadriplegic veteran, and he invented the first wheelchair accessible bus in 1947. And he took his first and only ride after death when his body was transported for his funeral. Oh great! Now this this took a <laughs> took a real macabre macabre whatever the word is uh, turn. He he doesn't even remember the ride. I know that's sad. Don't tear up, honey. That's okay. It's, it's but okay. we remember him now. And I know. That's cool. And yeah, so thank so, you, Mr. Callow. That was a very amazing. Rest invention. in peace, Callow. But also the electric wheelchair itself was invented in Canada by uh, one of Canada's most accomplished inventors, George Klein, in 1953. It's he was good from thing Ontario. You said wheel. Because then it would have been the electric chair, and that wouldn't have been good. <laughs> also used by him after death. No, no, God. Oh boy, we're gonna get oh, nasty, nasty, boy, boy. nasty emails. No. no one, no one writes letters anymore. No, 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 they don't. Um, fiberglass goalie mask. Not surprising. It was invented by a former Montreal Canadiens goaltender, Jacques Plante. Plant. I knew that. Oh, I should have did that as I a did quiz. That. I knew that because he was injured one too many yeah, times. Yeah, he was tired of getting hit in the face by pucks. He, he did you ever see a picture of his face? Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my God, it looks like it, it, hamburger. Yes, it, there's all these crevices and valleys and stuff, and it's it's nuts. It, it truly is nuts. Like, take maybe we can use that to promote this podcast because Jack Plant's face before he decided people to, listen when they see the picture. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. But that's two two uh, hockey related things. So he he wore it for the uh, during a game for the first time in 1959 after being hit in the face by a puck during a Canadian's. New York Rangers game. Yeah. So after getting stitched up, he told his coach, Toe Blake, he wouldn't play without his mask. 
And despite Blake's initial objections, I wonder what his objections would have been. I think they're crazy for for like playing without a mask. <laughs> who who in their right mind wants to get in front of a frozen <laughs> hard puck and just have it hit you in I the know. face? So despite his uh, his coach's objections, Plant <clears throat> went on. He went on to uh, wear his mask, and he immediately led the Canadians to an 18 game winning streak, silencing those who mocked him. Yeah, Who? he was mocked. What ca- really? Well, I wasn't there, but like I've heard that you know people were booing him. Like, what were they saying? Like you, like well, just wimp. You have to wear a mask. Yeah, I don't know. Like what? That, like I don't. They were actually chanting that. The- you wimp. You have to wear a mask. <laughs> Thousands of people at the same time. <laughs> they should have came up with something a little clever, more clever. <laughs> you wimp. <laughs> oh, poor Jacques Plante going through that. <laughs> Let's talk about New Brunswick. Baggage tags were invented right here in New Brunswick. Wow. Thank God for baggage tags. Well, geez, that, that's just an idea, not an invention. That's an idea, honey. Well, all, all inventions are ideas, but like the, the, the thought that just, oh, I'm going to put this on my bag so I know it's mine. That's not an invention. That's just somebody decided to do it. Okay, well, are you going to take that credit away then from John Michael Lyons of New Brunswick, who changed travel when he invented the first baggage tag in 1882? Yes, I am. He yes, I am. He came up with the revolutionary document, a tag. That's not a revolutionary document. <laughs> that contained that's, information. <laughs> that's another idea like Jacques Plante's that everybody should have already had. <laughs> The document contained information about the bag's point of departure, destination, and the owner. Oh my brilliant. Duh. Well, if they did it and they didn't they didn't include the owner, that would have been a real you know. <laughs> Why did it take them piece. till eighteen eighty two to come up with this? I don't know. Next one. That's the ridiculous one. That's not even an invention, that's just an idea. I guess they didn't really need bag tags until they did a lot of traveling where you were having bags on trains and planes. And like you can't just you can't just take a piece of string. I, this is what I imagine it is: a piece of string <laughs> and like a piece of paper, and and get your get your little ink pen out and write. This bag belongs to what's his name? I don't know. John That's Michael my, Lyons. John Michael Lyons from New Brunswick. From New Brunswick. <laughs> like you can't you can't just say. <laughs> That's your eighteen eighty two accent. There now I've invented something. <laughs> It's like, what? No, you just came up with an idea that everybody should have already had. Well, that's what inventions are. I know, but that's not an invention. He didn't invent the paper. He didn't invent the string. He invented he just, the whole concept. He invented a concept, yes. But I know, but there's some... Oh. All right, let's give it to him. Let's, what's the next one? I'm upset with that guy. What about the Vortex toilet? They didn't invent the toilet. They didn't invent the water. They invented the Vortex toilet water. <sighs> <laughs> I want to finish with St. John. Our home city. What about it? What what did well, they invent here? Let's let's just say that our city is kindness. Yeah. Well, our city's amazing. We live in Saint Awesome. Saint and, Awesome. And uh, if you are listening from away and you have not been to our city, you've got to come here. We've got so much going on. We've got amazing restaurants. It's small but fun. It's small but fun. Well, it's that, actually that should go on it's our license quite plates. Big, but. Geographically, it's, it's quite large, but it is. You know, we have tourists that come here all the time, talk about how friendly we are. It really, we have just it's except a, those jerks, which the jerks? roaming jerks in St. John. <laughs> yeah, the roaming, the gang of them. <laughs> no, it is a really, uh, it, it is a really. Oh, uh, we're on kind. the beautiful Sea of Fun Day. Sea of Fun Day. Oh, whoa, whoa, 
babe. More Aperol spritz for you. <laughs> <laughs> You've been outed. See us on the Bay of Fun Day is what I was going for. We'll That's just right. go with that. But it's foggy here. Yeah. And the foghorn was invented here. So how do ships avoid dangerous spots if the captain and crew can't see a thing? Well, the answer is... A foghorn, which was invented in St. John, us. New Brunswick, by uh, Robert Fouli. He invented the first steam-powered foghorn. It worked, worked a lot like a tea kettle. So compressed steam was forced out of a long pipe to produce a long, loud whistling sound. And he spent six years trying to convince the Lighthouse Commission here in St. John to install his foghorn at the nearby Partridge Island. Six years, what a battle. I know. And it was finally installed in 1859. And soon after, people around the world began to build horns for their own foggy ports. Uh, sadly, though, he never patented it. So he died in poverty in 1866. But the steam-powered foghorn served as a key up. navigational tool for over a century until electronic aids became more common. He should have teamed up with the guy who did the lights. Then they could have like shared the profits, you know, because you take the foghorn and the lights from the lighthouse and you get the full package. Oh, there you go. You know, I'm just saying, how is it's it that Shark somebody Tank partnership? How is it that somebody different, you know, created the upper portion of that building and then, some, you know, the foghorn guys down on the bottom? Or maybe he's not on the bottom. I don't know. Maybe they're both up top there. I was just talking to somebody recently who was talking, saying when they decommissioned the foghorn on Partridge Island, it was uh, there were a lot of people who put up a fuss because they had grown to love it so much. And I know I hear the ships with, and I hear the foghorns now. We live uh, very close to the water here in Uptown St. John, and I love the sound of the yeah. foghorns. I love the I love fog. It's like yeah, me too. It, it's atmospheric. It's like you're walking it's among among the clouds, yeah. and it's just uh, it's like a nice cool hug. That's right. Speaking of a nice, cool hug. <laughs> I love our foggy hug, city. We're going to give you guys a nice, cool hug goodbye. Thank you so much for listening. Proud to be Canadian. Proud to be Hope Canadian. Hope you enjoyed happy the Canada episode. Day. Hope you learned something. Yes, happy Canada Day from InfoQuest. Check us out on all of the social media places. Anyways, thanks everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to visit InfoQuench.com to subscribe and catch up on past episodes. You can also check out InfoQuench on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Till next time. time.